0: listening to I Feel For You. I'm Dion, a creative coach, yoga, movement, meditation teacher, retreat and event sharer, polymath, writer, DJ, etc, etc. We're all living multifaceted lives, right? Thank you so much for joining me today. I wanted to share an episode with you that talks about dealing with darker days. So this is for my homies in the Northern Hemisphere who are right now perhaps in the depths of winter. I really hope it's useful. It's the 11th of December and I think we can call it deep midwinter. I'm thinking about February because it's when I feel like spring is arriving also, it's my birthday month, shout out to my Pisces crew dem, but let's get real for a second, because these days I'm totally ready to be in bed by 4pm, with all the trimmings, pyjamas or thermals or what I like to call the catsuit. Coziness galore and turning up to turn down, if you know what I mean, who am I kidding? I'm talking like this is what I lust for each day by 4pm, when in fact, this is my current reality. I have become that person. In bed by four, sure. I might have a laptop, but more often than not, I'm shrinking into the down of my duvet and coaxing myself with self-love mantras saying, it's okay, you're tired. You've done enough for today when I've barely managed to sum up the energy to reply to an email. Winter fatigue is real, my friends. Okay, I also have a thyroid disorder, which tends to go a bit berserk when it gets colder. My bones, oh man, my joints are inflamed. I've been that tired. I've been sacrificing my evening bath just because I can't get out of bed. Does anybody feel me? No, yes. Ah, winter, darkness, cold times. It can be all consuming. And it's something that's come up a lot lately for my one-to-one clients too. It can affect our work and our health. So I'm into supporting others to create strategies to feel at their best so they can be even better. I truly think acknowledging our environment is vital to us being well so that we can work with it in the ways that suit us. And sometimes working with it means implementing an escape route. I often ask myself, Daily, in fact, what I'm doing in this country, and also how the hell I ever survived living in Norway for years. Babes, if you're interested in that and the lessons I learned, I have a couple of essays and podcasts that might interest you. Head to the show notes for those. I feel for you podcast.com. And this is episode 24. But today, I wanted to talk to you about embracing the darkness. I know, it sounds like some cheesy, spiritual, clickbaity froth to entice you in and sell you a hemp bathrobe. I'm sorry, I take the piss out of hemp, yet I live for it. Hemp seeds, hemp milk, CBD oil, babes. I am the hemp goblin. Yes. Although I don't have a dog on a rope. That's something else. Anyway, let's put embracing the darkness another way. How do we make the most of this time of year when we might not have bundles of energy or perhaps we simply dislike how cold and monotone everything is? Do you know what I mean? When you look outside and everything is a gradient of grey, I know there's a lot of minimalists out there that are into that, but I'm someone who vibes with colour. Know what I mean? I get energy from it and when it's a bit bleak outside, we have to find a way to create our own palette, right? Is that cheesy? I don't care. I want to share some things with you that help me to embrace the darkness because I'm pretty sure I have SAD (laughs) and I'm not sure why I'm laughing. I hope that these offerings might inspire you to feel better during the dark times and perhaps even encourage you to gravitate towards the stuff that gives you energy during the darker season. So I just got back from Lisbon a couple of days ago. I know that sounds wanky, but this is the truth. There was an intervention staged. And to be honest, since getting back, I've realised just how gloomy it feels and how early it seems to get dark. Right now in Brighton, the sun is setting just before 4pm. In Norway, around this time where I used to live, it used to set around 3pm. And it also never came up until around 9.30 in the morning or so. So you can imagine how many times this season I've asked myself, how the hell did I cope then? But I'm pretty sure that's why I ended up with adrenal fatigue, SAD and a thyroid disorder, to be honest, because I'd push past my limits as if I still had all the energy in the world. I'd guzzle gallons of coffee to get through the day because usually I'd be teaching from 7.30 in the morning when it was pitch black and I'd be finishing my last class at 10pm at night when it was pitch black and juggling various jobs during the day and also a bar job at night where I'd get off at 3am and have to do it all over again the next day. It was hard and I learned my lesson and I hope someone else out there doesn't have to go through that to learn theirs. And my mantra since getting sick has been to sync with the seasons where possible. I'm getting into slowing down more and more these years, sometimes because I'm forced to in order to support my adrenals, but also just to really embrace the space in between, you know, like life happening in those beautiful crevices, those slow-mo moments that I'd usually miss because I was on my way, getting to where I needed to go, bulldozing through resistance that was in the way and All the signs my body was giving me, pleading with me to listen to. And if we think about it, the signs are all around us, all the time, if we really pay attention. I don't mean to sound cryptic or mystical here. Do you remember mystical? Anyway. I mean, take nature, for example. It's colder. If we're lucky enough to have a roof over our heads, we're likely to spend more time indoors. It's cold. And usually there are less hours of daylight, so that means we have less energy. It's natural to feel different now than in the summertime. It makes sense that we are also hungrier. We have to get energy in other ways, if not from the sun. And I know in the past my tendency has been to ignore that or to dismiss it like I was weaker or something, which is absolute nonsense, isn't it? Sometimes it brings tears to my eyes when I think of the way I treated myself so harsh and mean. But I've learned and I am learning every day to be more tender. And here are some things I'm doing to embrace the darkness, in no particular order. Journaling. You know I love a Bujo or bullet journal for those of you who are like, what the hell? I've been keeping a Bujo now for a few years and love it. I love the freedom and flexibility of creating my own system and gathering all my stuff in one place and decorating it, of course, with chintz. Surely no one's interested in seeing my bullet journal, are they? Are you? Is it useful if I share some thoughts on my Bujo journey with you? I was thinking of doing an episode about my fave organisational tools. Is that helpful? Let me know, eh? Send me a message or hit me up on socials, would you? You can find all the information to reach me in the show notes, ifeelforyoupodcast.com. I just want to be as useful as possible. So let me know what I can do to support you. So many of you know, I'm also a big fan of morning pages. I won't go off on that one because I feel I talk about them in most episodes. So what I will do is link you in the show notes to a guest blog post Chettle wrote about them, as well as a podcast where I talk about them a fair amount to give you the gist. So journaling for me combines both of those loves. I mean, Is there even a clear definition of journaling? I think it's open to interpretation, isn't it? I like to think most things are open to interpretation though, so go figure. To me, journaling is free space to log and create. I use my Bujo, but flex up my system a bit more. I add images, let myself draw and doodle, document and collect, collate and decorate. It's whatever I want it to be. And lately, I've been journaling a couple of pages a day just freestyling, whatever I want to do at the end of my day. It serves as a tool to note ideas, to reflect on something I'm creating. For example, right now I'm working on the logistics for upcoming events, including a new Brighton Summer Retreat 2019. Yes! As well as some workshops in Berlin. Shout out to Charlene and her crew who are helping me with that. I'm so excited. Anyway, I'm logging important information on venues for example as well as tracking my feelings and processes along the way. I love it. I think it's because I'm really allowing myself to indulge in tracking my feels amidst the creative process. I think for so many of us who are making things be it a spreadsheet, a piece of art, a podcast, a website, a recipe, we can get so consumed in the final thing like we're striving to get there and for it to be ready and perfect. Using my journal helps me get all up in it. I writhe around in the pleasure and privilege and process of creating something. I note what feels great in that process, what inspires me, my feels. As I said many of you know I'm big on feelings. I've always needed to feel for what feels good before I can do anything. That goes for creating an event or putting a coaching program out into the world or asking myself what to have for dinner, deciding what route I want to walk home or to the sea or whatever. I like to think of it as practicing harnessing the power of my internal GPS, you know, our own personal inner guidance system that resides somewhere in our guts. And for some of us, it's a bit lower down in the sacral area, but attuning my awareness to pay attention to it, to log it, to acknowledge and hopefully to listen to it. Because when we don't, boy, do we know about it. Am I right? Okay, I could go way off down that track but let's bring this back to journaling. It's truly bringing me so much joy and it's basically a daily vision board slash log slash to-do list slash feel good pleasure log thing that I get excited about doing each day. I don't know if it helps if I share some of this stuff. Would it help if you saw pictures or something? Again, do let me know and I'll do a blog post or something. Perhaps I'll put a couple of pages of my journal on Instagram stories for you if you like. Find me on Instagram, Dion with 7 underscores because I am extra. Okay, that was journaling. Next, is night explorations. I know, my general inclination in the darker season has been to hibernate and I'm here for that. But now and then I get a little jolt of adventure, usually motivated by my yearning for a particular food source, which leads me outside. There's something special about late night or not even that late, dark walks in the winter. I go in, Wearing my pyjamas slash catsuit slash thermals and earmuffs, big coat, probably a blanket too. Sometimes a thermos with some tea and really make the most of it. Plus, getting home after that walk is so cosy, it's really the one, so yeah. And inside the house, nothing embraces the dark season like candles, eh? I might risk of sounding peak millennial. And actually I feel a bit gross saying that because what is peak millennial really? I mean... I'm not even a millennial, it seems. 1980, babes. I don't know what I am. Ain't that the story of my life? I digress. Candles. I like mine scented. I know. But I do soy, ideally. And I think that's all I can say about candles because I spoke about them in episode six of this podcast, which was called Winter Fatigue, Seven Self-Care Ideas to Shift Your State. And I'll link you to that in the show notes. So next... Feeding in general. I enjoy generally grazing like a cow, especially at this time of year. I've stopped asking myself in amazement, why am I so hungry? And instead, use that precious mouth muscle to put even more in my mouth to guzzle. Yes, bring it. I am feasting however I can, letting myself Again, be guided by my internal GPS, listening to what I'm craving and exploring and indulging that. So interesting always, isn't it? For example, I'm a bit of a beetroot fiend. What is that? Beets in the US? Yeah, I'm big on beets. Drink them. Eat em like an apple, roast them, make hummus. I'm now physically cringing at how flipping Brighton I sound right now. Cringe, cringe. Yeah, I'm that person. Butter me up and cover me in muesli. Wait, not butter. Make it non-dairy. I jest. And I remember one time I said to someone who will never let me forget it. Sure, sex is good, but have you ever tried warm beetroot hummus? I mean, seriously, a little topping of hemp seeds, a big stick of celery and Bob is your relative. Mate, OK, I might regret documenting that. Let's move on. Eat what you want. And if people have something to say about it, eat them too. And if you need any reassurance or clarification on where I'm at with regards to the food thing, I'm going to link you to a couple of articles in the show notes. The long and short of it, trust your own body, not fads or diets. Eat what helps you to feel good. There's no such thing as good or bad foods. So do you. Don't let anyone shame you. Okay. And that comes as the next ED, by the way. 17 years in recovery, babes. Yes. Okay. Next. And actually, it's kind of a continuation, I guess, to do with foods or at least supplements or herbs. The first, ashwagandha, which in Ayurveda is known as a champion herb. It's an adaptogen, which basically means like it sounds. It helps the body to adapt to things like stresses. So adaptogens help to balance, restore and protect the body. So if you think about adaptogens, they enter the body and kind of latch onto the drama And support you to work with it, kind of like Mary J. Blige and kind of like a buffer for tolerance for stress, which in my case with a thyroid disorder is really helpful because one of the worst things for my condition is stress. Let's face it, stress isn't good for anybody, right? So I'm always interested in how to reduce stress where possible. And that's how I support my clients too, be it with regards to work or their lifestyle we can all do with less stress right yeah so there are so many reasons why people take ashwagandha and in the past i took it during a really difficult bout of anxiety and it really helped me of course everyone is different so do your own research babes And lately i've been taking it again in powdered form Adding it to my morning smoothie and also before bed in golden milk, which is another thing that makes me cringe these days because it sounds a bit of a parody of modern wellness, but it has helped me a lot. And it's helped me with sleep and also feeling more chill. Yeah, it's also said to be good for brain function. And I'm not sure if it's related, but since taking it again, I've noticed my productivity levels increasing and stress levels reducing. But that could be for a combination of reasons and things that I'm doing lately. Perhaps I should update my winter morning rituals for you guys. Is that helpful? By the way, you can listen to last year's winter morning rituals in episode five of this podcast. I'll link you in the show notes. So another herb I'm taking to support me during the dark season is maca, or some people call it maca. Maca is also an adaptogen and something I also took a few years back. But unfortunately, I think I had a bad batch because it literally smelled like someone's unwashed feet babes peak summer grossness I mean that was unnecessary wasn't it darling it put me off but the batch I'm currently using also powder is really good it's almost caramelly and I wonder if it's to do with it being gelatinized maca which basically means it's been boiled to remove the starch as traditionally it wouldn't have been consumed raw see some people have side effects to taking maca which is related to upset stomachs and digestive stuff So when the maca is gelatinized, it means it's more absorbable and digestible. But again, everybody is different. And I've definitely noticed in my case, it's helped boost my energy levels. And there's been other benefits like it's rich in vitamin C and calcium and zinc and iodine and magnesium, for example. Things again that are useful for my thyroid. But, you know, I mean, there's a ton of research out there and some of it differs. So I'd really recommend that you do your own and, you know, base it on your own medical history, your own health history and your own feels. Speak to a herbalist and form your own opinion as to whether it's right for you. And of course, when it comes to supplements and herbs and all that stuff, check with your doctor too, because, you know, they can interfere with medication and so on. But you know this. Anyway, So to clarify, I add maca and ashwagandha to my morning smoothie and my afternoon warm cacao, and then I just add ashwagandha to my turmeric milk before bed with a little bit of fresh grated ginger. Yeah. Oh, you want the recipes, babes? Allow me to treat you. You got three of them. Smoothie, warm cacao, turmeric milk, all in the show notes. Okay, let's move on, shall we? What else am I doing to embrace the darkness? Bed world, we kind of know this, right? I guess my point for making a point of this is that sometimes we might feel a bit crap or like a loser for getting into bed at 4 p.m. Let me love you, Mario, and reassure you it's a okay. You do what you need to do. My best and most fave office is my bed. In fact, I'm coming to you from that place right now. Some haters will tell you bed should just be reserved for sleeping. I say do what the hell you want. Dinner? Sure. Web design? You got it. Evening snack and Netflix moment of salt, fat, acid, heat. Go on then, darling. A cheeky episode of MasterChef Australia for your duvet pocket. Listen, I got you. I love Bedworld. It's my restaurant sometimes. My solace. My library shelf, because you'll usually find books up in there. My desk, my office, an entire factory. My friend. And I like it that way. Really trying not to sing, you guys. I hope you can appreciate the excruciating effort it's taking. And I guess bed world leads to not leaving the house. Yeah. I mean, I work for myself, so I realise how lucky I am to have that choice in the darker months. But even in the times I do need to go outside or I'm running an event or I need to be somewhere, I'll give myself time to hibernate and permission to hibernate if my body needs it on my return which it usually does. So yeah perhaps the days tend to merge into one in my hibernation zone and I might be unsure of the time and all that but sometimes I need that in life to escape and let myself hallucinate a little. Then when I do go back outside again the light is phenomenal. If it's daytime of course. Okay I guess this links to another way I embrace the darkness and that is slowing down. The nights are longer so why not move a bit slower instead of wishing for brighter daytimes. In the early evenings I turn the lounge into my practice womb which sounds weird as I say it. What I mean is I keep it dark and cocoon-like. A little candle perhaps, soft soft times, fuzzy edges and I take my yoga practice all up in it. My practice as a result is also softer more gentle, slower and sweeter. I love it. And why not add blankets in there for good measure? An example of that, I've got you a free yoga video. Head to the show notes, I ifeelforyoupodcast.com. I feel like one of those terrible infomercials. Maybe I'll make one. I digress. And so, perhaps the practice of slowing down is the overall point in me sharing these ideas with you for embracing the darkness. I'm really learning to love the energy of darker days, a chance to soften and turn inward. It's cliche, I realise, but I'm finding it so much sweeter to find flow with it as opposed to younger me who would be doing everything I could to avoid having to deal with it. There's a big lesson in there, right? So what do you think? How do you deal with darker days? Any strategies, ideas or tips? I'd love to know, darling. Hit me up. You know I love to hear from you. Reach me on email. You know it. Podcast at gmail.com or head to my socials or perhaps the comments in the show notes. So all the notes and links, etc. will be in the show notes. ifeelforyoupodcast.com This is episode 24. So, if you dug this episode, I'd be so, so incredibly grateful for a review, perhaps. I don't know if you're just feeling saucy in general. <laughs> or maybe share it with a friend who might need this message or just, you know, the gentle hug from my duvet cocoon. <laughs> Is this sounding weird? I have no idea anymore, but yeah if you want more weirdness and mails from me on the regular you know you can get my digest right free resources and love direct to your inbox beyond.space forward slash digest but I'll put the link for you in the show notes and I think that's about it really and I hope something here is useful for you to feel better and to make the most of the season that we're in let's embrace it together reach out and touch okay I'm really gonna stop with the song references I love you thank you so much for listening I feel for you bye